What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Garden Statement. I am Tom Moore, back with you here with Maddie Wallet and Don Wagonblast. Hey. Hello. What's up, guys? And we are back. Um, we have some fun stuff to hit, kick off the show with today, and then we are going to get in one of our favorite bands collectively, kind of just chatting about them. Um, but to start off the show, I'm going to talk about my favorite band and would love to get your guys' thoughts as well. Gaslight Anthem, natives of New Jersey, uh, are touring currently behind the 10th anniversary of the 59 Sound. Just announced three dates in Asbury Park in August for uh, the Stone Pony Summer Stage. Yeah, I mean, the, the big, like you said, the big announcement was, was the Stone Pony Summer Stage. I'm going a step further, though, because, like, they are not just playing the Stone Pony Summer Stage. They're playing it three consecutive nights, and the third night is on the 10-year anniversary of the release of the 59 cent. Like, to the day. And we're going. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is just an unbelievable... That's going to be an unbelievable moment from a band that's given us so many unbelievable moments at concerts over the years. And I, it was so awesome seeing them back at GovBall. Uh, you know, Tom, you and I had mentioned that we were going to it um, yep. in the show outro for the Fall Out Boy episode. GovBall was awesome. We'll get into that a little bit more. But, I mean, it was just such a foregone conclusion that they were going to do something in New Jersey, and they finally did announce it, and even that exceeded my expectations about those guys. I think uh, going back to like their set at GovBall, I mean, I was with a friend who hadn't seen them before, and it was like the perfect intro to seeing them, and their set there was incredible. Closed out the uh, the Saturday night at GovBall. They played for about an hour and forty five minutes, and twenty five you know, songs. They played twenty five songs. They played all of fifty nine sound, and then all of the hits other than that, yeah. all jams, strictly jams. Yes. Um, we also saw Manchester Orchestra there. They the were, best live they're band. So, they're amazing. They are. It's I, you forget it like. You, you know that they're good, but you forget just how good they are, and that's certainly what happened with me. So by the time like they were playing like Shake It Out in like the middle of the set, which we've seen them close with before, it was just like, oh my god, like these guys, I continue to just sleep on their pure perfection. I saw them back uh, at Terminal 5 when they were touring on their new album, um, and it was the best rock show I think I've ever been to, and I think... The only time I've said that about like going to the best rock show was seeing them play in Philly at the TLA yeah. years before with Balance and Composure, um, and but it was and so granted I've I've seen them in festival settings and they can't do the same production element that they like do on their headlining shows but the like if you have the chance to see them headline holy cow yeah. like it it is and they played I think for like a solid like almost ninety minutes. Like, just went at it. They're one of those bands for me that I, every time I see them live, I think I've seen them live twice now. So the two times I've seen them live, I always kick myself saying, why am I not listening to this band more? Yep. And that was the case at GovBall. They played a set that was just from front to back. Everything, every song was, kept you just totally, like, wrapped with attention yeah, to absolutely. them. Absolutely. And, and the funny thing was, like, we were talking about it, like, in our group chat, and Craig, brought up the fact that they didn't play Pensacola at GovBall. And I literally said to him, I was like, I didn't even realize that yep. until you brought it up. Like, it, it was so good that it didn't feel like anything was missing. And to do that in a festival set where, obviously, like, if Manchester's going to play for an hour and a half you got, in their you headlining everything. set, yeah. like, they had half of that at GovBall, and it still felt like such a complete work of art, really. Yeah, well, it's interesting when we used to go see them and kind of just wait for the moment they would play Pensacola. Yeah. Um, of course. And now 
they have added to their discography and everything that they've added has really added substance to it. Right. There, there hasn't been any filler that you get to this point, let's say three, four years ago or three, four years ahead of that time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, they didn't even have to play what used to be my favorite song. Yeah. I think musically, they're just one of those bands that sound exactly like they do on the record, which always blows me away when I see people live. I mean, you have high expectations, but they're one of those bands that they are able to replicate their sound and even make it more full, if I'm being honest, when they're on stage at live settings. They they will change arrangements. They will add things to it. Like uh, They open a lot of their sets with pride. It's from uh, Mean Everything to Nothing. And the way that they've that song has evolved just as a song that they play in their live set is unbelievable to me because they make that song sound like it is the biggest rock song ever written. And it's maybe in their top 10 best songs that they've written. Right. And, I mean, we could go on about Manchester yes. Orchestra for the full hour, but we're we going could. to be doing an episode on them in a few weeks, hopefully. Yeah, that's got to be coming out of the podcast. I mean, because <laughs> right now, I'm so high on them, and yes. no, uh, they do have some new music out, which we're going to get to later as well. Yeah, uh, and we saw the Menzingers. We saw the Menzingers as well. were fantastic. I mean, they are, the per- they are the perfect band to play a festival like that. We had a bunch of people around us who didn't know who yeah, they were, that was what I was because say. they were playing on the same stage as two chains right before <laughs> two chains Excellent. so to have people sitting there just waiting for two chains and to just hear the menzingers rip into the obituaries yeah and just have everybody just be like yeah like i get yeah. this this Sh- is good sure. shout out so, to founders entertainment for that schedule because yeah, <laughs> that stage w- schedule was wild yeah, so it was after Two chains and before the gas anthem was just like Galantis. It was like an electronic was, band. Electronic, it felt yeah. like an yeah. EDM kind of thing going on, and it was it was crazy. Like that, if you could, if if we had just stayed at that stage, we would have missed Manchester Orchestra and Halsey. So I feel like we would have missed out on a lot. Yes, but like we would have been entertained the entire time. Yeah, I mean that band Galantis seems like they were people were having fun in there that was crowd. A lot it was a huge on. crowd. Yeah, and two chains, the crowd was. Absurd. Absurd. It was I just gotta ridiculous. I got to say, though, I have been to a couple festivals where I've specifically gone to see the more electronic and EDM leading music uh, with my boyfriend, and I've had a blast. Yeah. Like, I saw Snake Hips last summer at Panorama. Was, like, judging myself for going, but, like, we had <laughs> a great time. Yeah, and I've... so, kind of, if you're going to, I think, if you're going to tamper into that EDM electronic scene, especially coming from the genres that we come from, the festival setting is the best way to do it. Yeah, and yeah I mean, like, that's true. Tom and I went to Gov Ball with my brother, who had never seen the Menzingers before, never seen Manchester Orchestra before, never seen the Gaslight Anthem before. So that, those were the reasons he was going. Right. And then Tom and I were like, listen, like we're going to watch Halsey. And he, <laughs> and he was like kicking and screaming. He was complaining about it the whole time. Some of it certainly deserved some of it I thought was a little over the top, but like at least at the end of that, like he was like, you know, I was like, he was like, I get it. Like I get why she is, you know, she's achieving the things that she's achieving. And, and I think that that kind of goes along with, you know, you going to these EDM festivals, like you, you think about it weird because everybody kind of has genres that they lean towards, but these are still like adults who are trying to make a living and pursuing their passion, whether you like the music or not. So you got to respect it, especially when people are able to like put on a good show. Yeah. You have to, the way I look at it is that in order to get to a certain level, like you need to have talent somewhere in there. And so even if that talent might not be something that I appreciate on my day-to-day basis or as I'm driving to work or something like that, that you can see 
the talent in their set and why and how they can like engage yeah. their fans. I just one note about the Halsey performance. She can sing. Yeah. Like she can really, really sing. Yeah, that was, was something that blew me away. Yeah, she was uh she was riffing a lot in like choruses and stuff. Yep. And, and and that part of it I thought was like super cool because like, she just she just really went for it. And you could tell that like being on the main stage of a festival like this, even though she's done it like a hundred times before, but like this, the Govball set specifically felt like it was really special for her, and it, she really did a great job of showing that in her performance. Yeah, I mean, she's a native of the area, so yeah. I think that's something for her that was, like, big, so. Yeah. Did G-Eazy come out? No, thank God. I was, we were, like, we, like, they, he, she did him and I, like, yeah, only well, her parts, when, and so we were, like, oh, I, like, they, she started doing the chorus, and we were, like, is this real? is it time for Gerald? Is it time <laughs> well, for Gerald Easy? When, uh, when I saw G on his spring tour, uh, she came out for yeah. it and everyone lost any, there's not that much cool that is collectively in the room for a, a G, a G concert. Cause it's just people kind of losing it the entire yeah, time, yeah. but they closed with, I think it was like part of his encore and like oh. anything left that, that had people like into it. Um, like I said, was completely like people just lost everything yeah. and people love her. Well, that's why yeah. like, people I really love. I didn't know that you guys were huge Halsey fans until. Um... Well, here's the thing. Like, I was watching like the other two days on the live streams on Twitter. Like, I, in a heartbeat, I would have traded Post Malone for Halsey. Oh, Post Malone like, puts on he, a show. His though. was unbelievable. The crowd was so big, and Post Malone played on the stage that the Gaslight Anthem and Two Chains were playing on. It was, mm-hmm. it was, I think, the second biggest stage. Right. And it looked like they didn't have enough room for all the people that wanted to see him. That's kind of and has that's been just so fantastic. That's kind of been Post Malone's trajectory, though. Yeah, is that it's kind of always like exceeding expectations and even setting really high expectations. He just blows them out of the water. Like right. whatever it is, where it's like you have it, it's like Post Malone for yeah. some reason has it. And it whether might or not just you would be think the so. face tattoos because he got two more this weekend. Uh, that's not really the focus of the episode, though. We got a new 1975 song this week or yes. in between our episodes yeah. and it's been i think kind of divisive it's interesting in a it, it's a it's a weird one but here's the way i was talking to a friend about this here's the way i see it when love me came out before i like it when you sleep i was very weirded out and i was like i don't know if i'm gonna be super into this album and i ended up loving that album i ended up you know it was it was my album of the year 2016 and so i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt although after hearing Give Yourself a Try for the first time, I was like, I could see people really hating this. And, you know, maybe some people do. It's grown on me. I think it's a, I, it, it gets a little bit better for me every single time I listen to it. Uh, there are already, like, conspiracy theories about it. Um, people think that the guitar line is it actually a distraction because if you're listening to it with headphones, the guitar is the only thing coming through the left earbud. Oh, really? And since all of the album is about, like, you know, getting offline and being in the moment, like, where you are... They want you to take out your left headphone while you listen to Give Yourself a Try. Matty Healy has already shut this down, by the way. He was like, uh, it was no, just like, that's not even close. Absurd. There's like, yeah. there's like a bunch of 14-year-olds on the internet who have way too much time on their hands who love the 1975. Yeah, I mean, think about so. it. It's June. Like, if you're not out of school right now, you're getting out of school within the last two weeks. Like, there's not so a they're lot bored. going on. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but I love it. I think that, you know, their rollout, they, they are constantly trying to push the envelope. They're pushing themselves and... You know, give yourself a try is just a continuation of that, and I'm all for it. Did you guys see the memes online about Maddie Healy's hair? About how it I looks know. like... Uh, one, 
where it's just him singing into the mirror and it's the first few lines of misery misery business yeah, <laughs> yeah just, i just saw like a bunch of side-by-side comparisons to him and, and Haley williams from the riot era he's emulating the right hero so I will say yeah. that absolutely fair um, um that actually paramore head or was one of the headliners at bonnaroo this weekend yes, they were well deserved I, I didn't catch the performance on a live stream but i'm sure it was fantastic i saw some videos they always deliver a great so they're show. also a good festival band band to catch because oh, yeah. they got they're so fun if you get 45 minutes of paramore bangers like yeah oh my god right i mean yeah that, that's a th- funny thing like there might be some bands out there who are better in festivals where like you're gonna get the condensed like you're gonna get all the hits i think i would see paramore either way i'm not saying that i would rather see paramore at a festival than a headliner but like sure when you have the headliner, sometimes they pull out some weird ones. Gaslight Anthem, for example, are ones very well known to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Paramore Rules, um, that op-ed that Haley Williams wrote about her mental health was, that was amazing. really, and really just profound. Just to think about like the, the demographics that they reach for, that, for her to go out on a limb and do that, I think is going to be really helpful for a lot of kids who are looking up to her in that band. So I thought that that was uh, super important. That I this agree. took a turn. <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow sorry um should we just get into it then yeah i mean you know i think i think we said our pieces about govball and what we got going on right now so yeah. the band that we wanted to talk about today i think is special to everybody for a different reason and i think we all got into i got I have defi- multiple yeah i definitely got into them at a different time than you guys did so right. um we're gonna talk about the dangerous summer a band that made their comeback this year with a new record and i mean Still one of my favorites. Taking a look at their discography is unreal. Yeah. I think I would like to kick off this this segment with part of the reasons why The Dangerous Summer is special to me. And one, it was because they were my first kind of real concert where I wasn't getting dropped off like wherever. <laughs> like my, Megan, my best friend, had just gotten her license and we went to School of Rock. Which, is, oh which no God. longer exists. Wow, love it. While we were in high school. So it was them, The Graduate, Sparks the Rescue. I was there. And we found out years later, yeah. talking about it, that Don was there too. Yep. And so this was probably three or three years before Don and I yeah. had actually I have, met. So crazy. I have a set list from that show signed by all of the members, including the fill-in drummer that they were using at the time, um, who I think ended up becoming their full-time drummer. I think so. Again, which was really cool. But um, but yeah, I mean, they are just... like I, I got into them because I saw... A band, I don't even remember who it was, but on MySpace, they were like, check out this band, they're on our label, and we think that you're going to really like them. And it was the video for Where I Want to Be. And okay. that was all you needed, Yeah. right? I mean, you know, that was 10, it was, it's going to be, that record, I think, turns 10 next year. I think so. Which is insane. Which makes, um, yeah, makes me feel really And I, So, you know, it's it's been 10 years now. They are, they have such a way of connecting, um, AJ Perdomo, their lyricist, he is one of the more underrated lyricists because this new self-titled record that they came out with, I think is fantastic. Yeah. And it's I love some it. of his deepest lyrics, some of his most personal lyrics. And he's one of those lyricists that's not afraid to sh- tell you exactly what's going on in his life. There's a lot of songs on here specifically written about his daughter. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people try to keep their children out of their lyrics because they don't want to expose them to that. But the fact that he's willing to be so open, especially they were they were not a band for four years and we thought they were never coming back. Right. And they've come well, back. Well, there is a lot of drama in that too. Yeah, which... I wasn't sure how we wanted to touch this. <laughs> um, I mean... But there was a lot of drama. The, the, we always said when we had the radio show... They were a great band who didn't know how to be a band. Exactly. You know, and like they just, it seemed like every chance they had, they did the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. What's nice though is that with this self-titled, and then I was able to catch, 
I guess they did the reach. No, sorry, it was when they were touring. They were a touring behind it, and you went in Brooklyn, right? Right, and I went to go see them in Brooklyn. That everything surrounding this release and that tour, at least to the public eye, is they figured it out and they did it right, and it all just yeah. seems like cool. And they've like they're just doing their jobs and playing music and having a good time, and it doesn't seem to have the backing drama yeah. that everything used to have like pretty much from when when i started seeing them back in 2010 yeah <laughs> right yeah and i mean you just like when that happens like when someone like gets over that hill or if it's a bad habit if it's a you know a problem with whatever like you're just so proud of them and yeah. that's kind of like what i felt when i first heard that self-titled record i was like you know what i was like this is like really inspirational that they were able to get through all of that it certainly hasn't gone the way that anyone who was ever involved in the Dangerous Summer had planned. Right, but it feels um, but like at the end the of the day... the fact that they got this point, to this point, I think is amazing. Yeah, I feel like after trying so hard to figure out how to get it right, like just logistically and being a band and with relationships within the band, like they came out on top. Yeah, and it took them, And it took them nine years, but the music's still there and like the touring, seeing them live, they sounded incredible. Yeah, I think the the self-titled part of the record is interesting because, you know, there's five years between Golden Record and their self-titled, and going back to, like, hey, we found ourselves, we are a band still, maybe that's why they titled this a self-titled album, you know, this is us, this is who the Dangerous Summer yeah, are now, and this is who it's it going to be going forward. And it's, it's interesting, too, because, like, five years feels like an eternity. Like, when the Dangerous Summer left, you know, the scene was in a completely different space than it is right now, and I think that what maybe they discovered was they're coming back to a scene that's more accepting of bands like them because the dangerous summer i think were very much one of those bands they just got caught up in the wrong spot like they were in the, they were fully formed in the neon era you know like all time right. low the mayday parades the 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 neon shirts going all over hot topic and the dangerous summer just never fit sounded that. like that they no. didn't fit that so it was tough for them to get on tours for bigger bands because you know they didn't want to Maybe, maybe they didn't want to, or maybe, you know, their reputation had, had exceeded itself. But now, the other side of the choosing to self-title the record, I feel like this is almost like their second debut record. Yeah. yeah. You know, saying like, hey, like, we're back, we're different, and let's, you know, let's let's fresh start this. And I'm interested to see, because since they've come back, they've headlined two tours. They haven't, they, they went on, um, they went on a, I think it was a UK-Europe tour with Moose Blood, and so I'm interested to see what kind of support tours they're going to end up taking yeah. in the states and not for nothing there was multiple salad dates on both tours yeah so people are still interested like the I sh the show i saw in brooklyn was at the knitting factory which isn't a big venue but like it was packed wall to wall i think they played house of independence somewhere in asbury might have been i think it was the brewery um sold that out too well in advance yeah. like people are still coming but also what i find interesting about their discography and kind of our first episode with the wonder years is saying that the wonder years feel like such a punctuated part in your life where you can mix and match the dangerous summer albums yeah and all of it still feels relevant i go back to reach for the sun i'd say probably like still several times a month i do too yeah that one i think like when it's all said and done i think that's a top five record of all time in my life yeah, yeah for sure. i agree i think that that album, it, it's timeless. I mean, it, you can go, but you can go to that album. You can go to, you know, where I want to be. You can go to the permanent rain anytime you want, and you're yeah. gonna be like, yep. "Yep, this is this is exactly what I remembered it to be. I connect with it now the same way I connected with it then." And that's that's something really special that not a lot of bands can do. Not it's, even 
to a, as much of an extent as the Dangerous Summer as the Wonder Years. I think it's because it's mature. Like the yeah. record itself, right. the lyrics are not just like you it's know, it's not just this girl broke my heart. Yeah, and now I'm yeah. mad. It's deep, and like you get, I mean, you you talk about where I want to be. You talk about the permanent rain. You start to get deeper into that album, like cut wise. You get weather. Northern Lights is one surface that just is yeah, like one surface. of my favorite songs ever. And Absolutely. when when I hear those songs, still those songs feel like they could have come out yesterday. Yeah, and it's almost ten years ago. Right. And that's what I feel with, like, every sense of stuff that they put out across their discography is that uh, it all seems fresh and relevant, where even if this self-titled was, like, what they debuted with and then they came back with Reach for the Sun, I think we'd still all be just like, whoa, this band. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny, like, even just kind of going off of it, like, people thought Warpaint was a step down. Oh, see, I loved Warpaint. I like Warpaint a lot. I I think Warpaint has, like, maybe their two best songs in Work in Progress and No One's Gonna Need You More. Yeah. Like, that album is fantastic from start to finish, in my opinion. Golden Record, everybody was kind of like, maybe it was the drama, maybe it was just, you know, that they thought that there was nowhere left for this band to go, but, like, Golden Record really got overlooked. There are some amazing songs on that I think so, too. too. There's some really good ones on there. there There are moments on every single one of this band's albums that will take your breath away. I mean, not for nothing. It opens with Catholic girls and like yeah, it's, yeah, it's that like, song rules. Yeah, like and that's that's the thing. Like, I think part of it was probably the drama surrounding it and left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths that they just didn't want to deal with, which I, is sad because like I think the record was really good and that's why when I when it came out and I was like yeah so like that new Dangerous yeah. Summer record was great. People are like oh you like. It was even oh, like fam? a, yo, you listened to it? And I was like, yeah, I listened to it. He didn't steal my laptop. Like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Sorry. I just think they're, what's what's great about them is like, what's so different about them and other bands in the genre, like they get lumped in with those pop punk. Yeah. Um, but they have. They don't fit there. They don't fit it. They don't, I, they, yeah. they, that was another issue for them is they didn't really have a niche that they fit in. They didn't fit yeah. in with the neon. They didn't fit in with the pop punk. They weren't post hardcore. So they had trouble finding like supporting acts to go on. And yeah. when they would headline, they weren't sure who to get in support and but one thing i think about them that's that's something that has really kept my interest in them is you can listen to the top couple of songs from every album like the two quote unquote you would say best songs but then you go deeper into the album and get those deep cuts out and they have some amazing amazing deep cuts too yeah i'm thinking of uh i think it's parachute yeah on warpaint has always been and even the title track which was released as like a as a teaser but like that song could have easily been a single as well. Um, there's a song that they have on Warpaint called "Siren." In my room. Yeah, I was like, in, in my room is like probably the the my that favorite song. That song is so like, emo revival. Yeah, yeah. yeah that it one is. would have like they would have fit in like right when the hotel you were coming up, right when mm. Microwave who opened for the Dangerous Summer on one of those headlining tours were right. coming up. All Get Out, um, Foxing. Like I feel like Dangerous Summer would have been the perfect band to fit in with that group, and they just weren't around unfortunately which would have been so much better for their career and so like i think now what i love about them is they just have the mindset of listen like we did we did all of this we did all the politicking and it just didn't work for us so we're just going to come back we're going to write the songs we like we're going to do what we feel like doing we're going to make the most of this and just not get caught up in everything that we got caught up in so like as much as we say like oh they, they should be a bigger band I don't know if they care that they're not. Yeah, that's fair. And that's and that's where I have a weird, I guess, dilemma in my head where I feel like they could be one of those bands that are like on one of four or five and like kind of the yeah. indie alt radio. Mm-hmm. Like 
I think that's where they were supposed to sit is that but bands from our scene can't make that trajectory with still making music that they want to do and without going more pop leaning. But I think if you were to throw them on some sort of alt radio, I think that's like the people that still listen to radio, but like to listen to like even like the totally alt on Spotify or like Sirius is like alt nation. Like that's where they should have lived. But I also, to, to your point, I don't, they, they did not function well enough as a, as a unit in order to, I think that's what impeded their own success. Right. Like they didn't deserve it and now they don't even want it. Right. (laughs) And so, and that's, I think that change of mentality of not needing to get there when kind of putting together all, or putting aside all the drama, like now we're getting some like really just like great music again. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't, I think it would have been like, they would have taken themselves out if they were to ever get there. Right. And they did, I mean, they, that re- really did take themselves out. Um, I think it was 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. um, right around the release of Golden Record, like a bunch of stuff was going on. I think it was, they did, there was an unauthorized publishing of the, uh, the guitar tabs and there were the, someone was forging the band member signatures. And <laughs> yeah. so AJ Perdomo actually left the band. Right. And then after that happened i mean you can't you, know, you lose your lyricist and your lead singer and that's right unfortunately because you know a band is a collective unit like but you lose that there's really no band left to come back to and i remember when this happened and you know why is because i think it was definitely i was definitely in, in the car. car with you and yeah. i think you were there as well and we were like oh my you were like oh my god aj perdomo left the dangerous summer we were all just like that's it what see ya and i just think that was actually when I got introduced to them was yeah. I would always hear you guys play them on, on the radio show when we had that. And I was like, wow, this band's really good. I should be listening to them. And, and as for, it always is with me. It takes me a little while to get into the habit of actually going and listening <laughs> to these bands. <laughs> but once I started listening to them and digging deep into their catalog, I realized how musically and lyrically talented they are. And they've been a staple for me since yeah. then. And it, it, and they do it in so, in a, a very unique way. Like there's no like guitar solos, there's no drum solos. It's just riffing and chugging along, and and, and you know they're very talented at it. Like I'm not saying it. Yeah. Like, like they, it's not like I'm saying like oh like there's such a basic. You're not being dismissive. Music. There's not yeah but like they are very creative, but like they just they just do it there's in a very formula different is way. Simple. Yeah. And, you know, when you have that simple formula, it allows you to kind of improvise a little bit more. And I think that that's how they've kind of become so good because, like, they have, like, their sound. There's there's never been an album where the Dangerous Summer have been like, yeah, we're going to completely change the way we sound. They don't have, like, an album, like, I think about, like, Manchester Orchestra. They don't have, like, going from Cope to a Black Mile to the Surface in them. Right. Mm-hmm. The Dangerous Summer, I mean. It's just so, a different, you know, yeah, like mentality. Their, it's a Bayside mentality. We have our thing. Yeah. We can yeah. change up our thing in a bunch of different ways. And so we're just going to keep doing that thing, keep challenging ourselves to do that thing in different ways. And people love it, you know? And unfortunately, I don't think they're ever going to get to the level that Bayside are on. But still a really great band. Now, I think, but you make a good point with Bayside, though, because I think if the Dangerous Summer, and this is a huge, huge what if, I think if they could have functioned as a unit better, yeah. they might have had the potential to be able to get that to that type of level. Right, right. And I think that, you know, the, the what ifs will kill you. Oh, with this yeah. Band, yeah. Because, like, they had come out with their third record, you know, like, they were getting traction, they were on Warp Tour, they were, you know, you know the, em- the pop-punk renaissance emo revival eras were on their way. And they just couldn't stick around. So I, the way I think about it now is like, let's just enjoy what they have. Yeah, you where know? it's almost and, like you said, the what ifs will kill you. So I'm just happy that they're back. Yeah, because like 
that was one like where we were like, okay, like Gaslight Anthem going going away. Like we were like, okay, like fifty nine sound turns ten, they'll probably come back. And right. Here we are a few years after that. And here Dangerous we are. Summer broke up, and we were like. I remember you saying, you're like, I literally don't think I'm going to see the Dangerous Summer make another record or ever ever tour again. Yeah, Yeah. and it was, I, because there were a lot of band breakups going around, it was like, Transit was right around that time, and Overboard was right around that time, and they were all like, oh yeah, we'll do farewell tours, and we'll, you know, we'll do our stuff, and with Dangerous Summer, I was like, they're not getting any of that. Yeah, I mean, that was the difference, was that they imploded. Yeah. And (laughs) Transit was just like. Yeah, it's not working. We're like, Transit had like a couple rough records in yeah, there. Like, yeah, that made sense. And, and a rough relationship with the media that covered them. Yeah. Right. Which also led to it, I think. Yeah, I don't, and who, I don't and know. also, who who knows what the inside of those bands look like? You know, right. like, who knows about those relationships? I think the other part, touching on the media aspect, is that the Dangerous Summers it, it, interpersonal relationships were covered because they were public because they were affecting businesses yeah and, they were you yeah. know so it's it's not like they could have just quietly succumbed to whatever they were gonna do yeah they they imploded because and while people watched and while right. people knew what was going and, on and that was I think they were a very cautionary tale of you know this this new age of social media where like mm-hmm. Twitter like like it was so easy for us to text each other and be like Cody Payne's at it again on Twitter like yeah. we better uh you know, we better take a look at this. And so it was just, it was just nuts. And they were learning in real time, just like everybody else were. But like, I feel like we kind of figured it out. Like, okay, like we got this, we know what to do. And they just never quite, it never quite clicked. It didn't click. Um, yeah. With that band until right now. And yeah. that's, you know, and that's a great spot for them to be in. Yeah. Um, and all you can hope is that everything that they were going through, they learned from it and yeah. that they're better off now and that it's okay. Yeah, one of the things I always thought was was tough too was like they even missed out like when they were a band they missed out on the vinyl resurgence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know like like it they pressed I think like a thousand copies of Reach for the Sun and War Paint when both of those albums came out and they had multiple thousands repressed while they weren't a band anymore and all of those sold out and I think like that was to me I feel like that might have been a catalyst to why we're having this discussion about their new album because yeah. it's like okay like. People still care about this, and, you know, I still have this itch. Like, let's get back and let's figure this out and do it right this time. But I think they also knew, specifically with Reach for the Sun from the beginning, how special that album was. Yeah. Um, by doing the live album and then the acoustic album. And normally yeah. you don't see that back to back to back. Right. Like, I think it was, like, Reach for the Sun came out. A year later, they did the live version. A yes. year after that, they did the acoustic version. And then Warping came out. Yeah. And so you don't usually see, like, let's do three different versions of the same album, and then we'll give you Especially a Especially for one. a band, like, that was their first full length. Yeah, right. exactly. exactly. You Could Only Keep Me Alive, which was, like, a seven, eight-song EP. Not quite a full album. Reach for the Sun comes out. It's their first record on Hopeless. And you're just like, oh, like... This is good. Yeah. Oh, they're going to do a six song live album. I'll take that too. Oh, they did the whole album acoustic. Sign me up. Oh, now they're doing a new album. Yeah. All right. Can't wait for that. And I I think it keeps going back to the point that's like, wow, they had so much traction and then Warpaint came out and I think it was around that time that all the tumultuous stuff started to happen behind the scenes and it starts to take away from accomplishments musically because it's happening on such a public stage, like you said, Maddie. So... I think that was start of the start of the unraveling for them. Yeah. And in a way it kind of made the breakup good for them because like, you know, it was really bad when it ended. But, you know, once a couple of years went by, you were able to like look at that band as you're scrolling through your iTunes or, you know, looking at Spotify or whatever and you're like, Oh yeah, like Dangerous I really Summer. Loved this band. Yeah. I was like and, and then you start listening to it and you're like, 
oh yeah, like these guys are really good and you know, and that I think kind of started to create the demand for them to come back. And I, I fully think that if they didn't come back as a full time band, I think we would have maybe gotten like an East Coast run of Reach for the Sun shows next year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we get them now. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Because like, sign me the hell up for that. <laughs> um, you know, I'll we, buy my ticket right now. We talk yeah. about how oversaturated the anniversary tour market has become, and and rightfully so in some cases. But that one, but like I think, this will is one that you need. One to... that really would be well deserved. I think a ton of people would go out and see that too, because if you think about the, you know, it came out in two thousand and nine. Like everybody who who loved that album in two thousand and nine is of age to be able to have money to spend on a yeah. Reach for the Sun, you know, reunion tour, like a ten year anniversary. Absolutely. Uh, but even I know at least in my friend group in high school, when Reach for the Sun came out, everyone was about it. Like Symmetry yeah. was like the song Great of song. like that my friends all loved. Um, but I think, so I can't speak to other parts of the country, but like I said, Brooklyn was sold out, packed yep. wall to wall, had friends from high school there. Yep. Yeah. And then that wasn't even the New Jersey show, which was like months later. We saw them in Philly. Yeah. And and they sold it out there too. I mean, like the East Coast loves this band mm-hmm. at the very least. And I would imagine that, you know, as they're coming back, as they're, you know, I think, I think, they came back to the scene in a better position to get exposure for themselves too. Like it's just, it's a lot easier now. Like they get put on the new release radars on Spotify for people because you know, you're listening to the starting line, you're listening to, you know, whoever. And you know, if that's the way to do it, then so be it. Because you know, this is one of those bands that like, I'm not protecting this band from getting bigger. Like I want as many people as possible. You know, like you don't need to know that I've listened to, you know, I'm trying to think of one that I'm like embarrassed of. I'm, you know what? I'm not embarrassed to listen to bands anymore. Hawthorne Heights. No, yeah. All right, fine. Hawthorne Heights is like steadily on my daily mix. Not <laughs> to get too far off track because I yeah. wanted to make a point off of what you said. Um, because yeah, they come on your daily mix and you're like, hey, wow, this album's awesome. And then you're like, oh, by the way, they have three albums yeah. that they made before this that sound just as equally good. Yeah. I think for me, getting back into them, I was on Spotify last summer, maybe. And I was like, oh, yeah, The Dangerous Summer. Those guys are good. And I just threw on Reach for the Sun, like, front to back. And and it just, it brought me back. I had completely forgotten about how good this record was. And since then, it's been a staple in my, like, weekly catalog. And, and, you know, we're entering summer. You're going to be hearing a lot of that. It's going to be a dangerous one. (laughs) For my ears, maybe. But, uh, yeah. Sorry. It it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. But uh, you know what I've also loved is the bromance that AJ Perdomo and Brian Swindle of Have Mercy have developed. Yep. Because, like, Have Mercy came from Baltimore, which is exactly where the Dangerous Summer came from. Same state. And, like, he's he's said in interviews, like, I was following their shadows. Like, I saw them come up from where we were, and it kind of gave you know, have mercy hope of us getting started. And, and, you know, we know what have mercy have been able to do in, in a very short amount of time. Tom, you and I were just at the earth pushback five year reunion, five tour. year tour. And yeah. so I am desperately waiting for the have mercy dangerous summer co-headliner. I, I need that to happen. Like, now. like I need one. Like yesterday. <laughs> We've been talking about it since dangerous summer reunited. We're like, where is the tour? Yeah, we need the tour. <laughs> yeah. We but, got, we got the earth pushback tour. So I think that probably pushed it back a little bit. I'm thinking, I'm thinking 2019. My only, my only, um, like issue to that is, and I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, but we were talking about this leaving the show the other night. Was how Brian Swindle has said he might be going a little bit off the grid for a while yeah. after this tour. So yeah, and we don't but, know what a while is, and hopefully it's not, nothing because not because of something serious or anything. Yeah, like that. I was say but, that just makes me think: is that like a? Because honestly, there should be due for a new album soon. Is yeah. that like an off the grid? Because you're going to go write a new album? Like that's. I would 
love to believe that. You um, hope so, because make the best of it is, is this is it a year now? It's a year now, yeah. It's a, it came like out a year April, and a half. It came out April 2017. So yeah, so definitely and, should have one out. Should have something out by the end of 2019. Yeah, and they're they're pretty good at putting steadily putting out new records, right. like kind of on cycle. So I would think that if that we'd be maybe they're, if they're quiet for the rest of the year, we could yeah. see in early 2019. Yeah. I would love it. Uh, Speaking of which, the self-titled came out in January. Yeah. So if the dangerous summer, you know, if like end of 2019 might be a possibility for their next album. Right. Which would be incredible that they come back and put out two full lengths in the span of, you know, two years. I know it's super wishful thinking at this point. but um, I think after the the reception, at least, I mean, from the people that I've talked to about the self-titled, I would be very surprised if it didn't, like, spark them to get back into the studio as soon as possible, because I think a lot of people really liked it. I mean, I know I did. Because I I don't even think we've highlighted tracks off that self-titled record, but Ghosts Ghosts. was such such a heavy song. They came back with Fire, which was, I think, just like, it was... Not not the not my favorite yeah. of their songs, but it just kind of showed you okay. They they still have the idea of what this band is supposed to sound like, and very much like you were saying before, Tom. This new album, like you really get into the the deeper cuts of this album, and it's just unbelievable. Yeah, I, was, I like Luna a lot. When, when I get home, that was going to be my next yeah. one. Yeah, yep, that one's a lot of fun. It it's just they came back and wrote an album full of dangerous summer bangers. Yeah. It's exactly. uh, it's gonna be an album that I'm like gonna revisit now that it's the summer because it's just like, it's one of those albums you drive and you have your windows down and you're listening and you're on yeah. the highway going to the beach. I mean that's the least for me. Like yeah. I'm sure other people listen to happier music when they drive to the beach. But well, it's just I mean you know you know. But I think they just stayed true to themselves and at this point we keep going back to it. But they're functioning. They're doing what a band is supposed yeah, to do. They, they, we, <laughs> Like, hold your breath, guys, but I think the Dangerous Summer have finally figured it out. And, I, and I'm and i here for it. And I think we can't talk about the Dangerous Summer without mentioning the fact that they are Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s favorite oh band. God, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is one of the reasons that the Dangerous Summer reunited. Yeah. it's He's actually, like, one of the biggest reasons. Yeah. Oh, he wait, helped... I, don't, I don't know this. So, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is a big pop punk guy. Yeah. Right. Loves the Wonder Years, but he and um, AJ Perdomo got in contact with each other because he he's found out yeah, like he's... a screenshot that he was listening they, to, the to the dangerous, dangerous summer. summer. Yeah. And they got in contact and they started talking and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Started talking about how much their music meant to him and how much it helped him out. Like during some like dark times. And he, so the AJ, dangerous summer cure concussions. AJ Perdomo said that Dale Jr. Was one of the reasons yeah. his support and his he's ability the to like producer of the ghost music video. Yeah. He like helped oh fund God. and like yeah. was so produce the music like, video. He was like, they have a behind the scenes video and there's, Dale AJ Perdomo and Dale Earnhardt Jr. just drinking beer together, and I, that's incredible. It's like, that's, amazing to yeah. me. Yeah, and like so, like to have that be the the narrative about this band after everything else that's happened is just like it's just another sign of just how how interesting a career I've, that I, this band has had. I've I've read the replies on Twitter to when Dale Jr. like tweets out like love listen to the Dangerous Summer. People are like. People are like, oh my god, you listen to The Dangerous Summer? <laughs> I think that's the only appropriate reaction. It's just yeah. like, I don't... Like, I don't okay. know. <laughs> they have a very weird reach because they did an acoustic session at the Barstool Sports Office. Yeah, they did. A couple of <laughs> just weeks ago because the... one of the people who writes for them like really loved them and... You know, the, the stoolies kind of went after him a little bit, but, I mean, what <laughs> else got, is new? Yeah, what, 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 what else is new? Yeah. But they, they just, like, 
they appeal to so many different crowds because they're in, really musically good. they're amazing lyrically they're amazing and i think they're just one of those great rock bands they yeah. don't fit in pop punk they don't fit in emo they don't fit in indie alternative they just kind of bring everything together into one like genre that they made their own yeah bangers indie indie pop. bangers indie, bangers. <laughs> indie emo pop i don't know it's, there's just i feel like there's, there's yeah, so many uh, words running through my head right now and i can't good i'm gonna just go <laughs> yeah, listen to reach for great. the sun after this yeah it stinks because like they could have been like perfect band territory for me yeah. and they still might get there you know, you give me another Reach for the Sun level or another War Paint level record, and I'm I think in. we're, I think we're there. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just so cool to have them back, and it's just so cool to to be talking about them in the for, present tense. Yeah, in the yeah, present as tense, a present with fan, great and with great things to say, and not, you know, here we go again with this with guys. the dangerous like, summer again. Up, you know, because <laughs> I just, feel like we had so many discussions on either Keep Calm and Carry On, which was. Your old radio show yeah. predecessed, predes- predating the Garden Statement, yes. and then even on the Garden Statement, it was just like, yeah. well, the dangerous summer are back in the yeah, headlines. When your turmoil <laughs> lasts the length of two different radio shows. You just know that you just had a had a tough. There go were at there it. were there were problems. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 really great to have them back, and all the best to them. Hope uh, they're they're listeners. Everybody knows this. They listen to the show. Um, <laughs> I know you're so listening. It's great to have you guys back. We missed you, and uh, and we're happy to have you back. And thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's wrap this up with our with our fun stuff. We've got. Uh, is it daily mix time, or did we have some other some other news things to talk do you, about? Does everybody have a recommendation? I do. I do have a recommendation. It's not music related, but I have a Neither recommendation. Is mine. Oh wow. Okay, I'll start with mine. Yeah. Mine's music related. Go with yours. And totally ties into what we're talking about. Um Manchester Orchestra dropped a surprise single on Friday. Yes. Which was the best present I've ever received oh on a Friday morning. Oh. <laughs> um I was in my Spotify release radar, like right when I got to work to be like, What am I listening to today? And I saw it and I was like, Stop everything. Yeah. Alright. So they they put out um a new single called I Know How to Speak. Which, which is a reference to the maze on a black mile to the surface. Right. Uh, because there's a line, you don't believe I can speak well at all. Right. And so there was, I thought that was really cool, even before I listened to it. Um, and it sounds like it belongs on uh, a black mile to the surface, partially because it does. Um, the band put out a note. So it popped up in everyone's Spotify on Friday morning, and the band didn't make a comment until like late morning, early afternoon. So everyone was just kind of freaking out. Yeah, like, where did this song come um, from? Was this a mistake? So when it, so not. yeah, the the band released a statement on their Facebook initially saying that it was going to be on Black Mile, but it wasn't ready yet. Yeah. Um, and so they just kind of like gave us this like early summer present. Yeah, which was awesome because uh, the Menzingers just did this too. The same mm-hmm. thing. They just yeah. put Toy Soldier out uh, like the week of GovBall. Tom, we talked about it um, on the last the beginning show. of the Fallout Boy episode. Yeah. And so, like, I love that bands are doing this. Like, I, like just more releasing songs, songs is so much better than no songs. <laughs> well, so going back to Have Mercy, Collider, Collider was just a random song yeah. that was released in like 2014, yeah. and it's I think one of their best. Yeah, I, I mean, love that it, song. They were playing that on the Census Fail tour. I think it was, it more just, more bands need to do that because you know you're obviously not always you're not in an ideal world you get an album every year yeah. or every two years but you're almost not gonna always get that so yeah. when they put out little nuggets of this it's like oh i got a great new manchester orchestra song or i got a great new menzinger song today yeah. and we also got a new anthony green album this week yeah, which we i did. will coattail maddie's recommendation i haven't listened to it yet it's called would you still be in love surprise releases an album he's going on a 10-year tour for his first solo record avalon this summer but still felt the need to put out new solo music, which just shows how productive the guy is. He's, 
He's put out, I think, an average of one and a half albums a year yeah. over the last five years, which it's is insane. insane. It's nuts. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 awesome that he's he's still doing it at the rate that he is, and you know, it, it only just the more Anthony Green we get, the better, in my opinion. And and with that album, I'd say Avalon, I love. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I haven't been a huge fan of the of his other solo albums except for this one. Okay. Um this one I listened to like a had it kind of on repeat at work and was like I'll come back to this. Like this is one that I'm listening to and I'm the other ones I've kind of been like, yeah, I'm good, but yeah. like this this one was special. Nice. Um and just kind of seeing the internet reaction from it because I know I don't think either of you have listened yet. Everyone kind internet's of feels it. yeah, internet's loving it and that's part of what got me to listen. Yeah. Was I was cuz normally like I said I'm, I'm, I haven't like them so much so it's not one of those things like oh like i need to listen to it yeah. but the reaction was so positive and i think it was well deserved yeah. he is playing at house of independence i think on that 10-year tour yes, this summer so yeah, that's gonna be a wild show great venue in asbury i yes, love house love of independence it. love it love asbury really yeah just being there it's just a yeah. please get skate and surf back next year i i Come need on. well they have c here now but it's just it's not it's it's not, it's, the it's not our scene it's not it's our not scene um, I'm going to go, uh, I did have another recommendation besides Anthony Green, but I did want to make sure that I brought up the fact that he does have a new album out because I'm sure our listeners would want to know. Uh, my recommendation is books. NBA In playoffs, general? just, yeah, just books. Just read a book. Wow. <laughs> Summer starting. This is, that's so teaching. The NBA you. finals just ended. <laughs> I know. The NBA finals just ended. The Stanley Cup playoffs just ended. We're stuck with baseball. Hey. And, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm, I'll say it. Um, just like get a book and go outside and just. Like, enjoy it. Man. Beach reading weather. Yeah, it's beach, re- it's beach reading season, for sure. It is. Um, I already have my pile. It's about, you know, three feet high. And I won't get to it by the end of the summer. But I'll, I'll, get, through a, I'll get through a chunk of it, and I'll be proud that I did. You know, I'm, Books are knowledge and I'm knowledge glad to hear you say that, because I know you used to not be a huge reader, and you've kind of changed that in the last couple I, of years. I kind of so. had to. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I can't just stand in front of a room of 10-year-olds and tell them that reading's important if I don't if read. If you don't read, yeah, so, so uh, I get so it. So I've turned it completely around. That's great. Um, I yeah. love to read, so I'm with you. I don't at all. So, sorry. so you should start. I will, I will take this recommendation well, to heart, hey, guys. I got some advice for you. <laughs> um, all right, so my recommendation is, it's actually, it's like a month or two old now, but I got to it last weekend. It is uh, a series on Netflix called Evil Genius, and it's a true crime documentary series, and it is wild. If you liked Making a Murderer or just are a fan of like documentaries in general, this is a really, really well-made one with a lot of layers and a lot of stuff going on. Okay. Riveting, edge-of-the-seats type stuff. Definitely recommend. Okay. All right, let's mix it up. So we go through our, one of our daily mixes on Spotify. Luckily, all three of us are avid Spotify listeners. Yes. All working at home. Uh, who would like to start? I got a weird one for you guys. Okay. This yes. is so... I'll preface this with, you know how normally your daily mixes kind of follow the same theme? Yeah. This is my daily mix number three. I don't know where this came from. My daily mix number three like used to it. be rap and Wonderful. like. Wonderful. So I'm in. Uh, it kicks off with Who Cares by Four Years Strong. Oh, nice. Then 27 by Fall Out Boy. Okay. Okay. 16 by Real Friends. A lot two, of numbers. Two numbers in a row, yeah. yeah. Getting Clean in the Dirty South by Sparks the Rescue. Oh, okay. And then Mind Over Matter Acoustic version by Paris. Okay. Really odd. I don't. A, this, I love it. This what is list. new as of today. Yeah. So three numbers: four years strong, <laughs> 16, 27, 27. Right. That was that was really good. Um, I actually have to audible mine because I had a Fall Out Boy one on mine that I'm gonna change now. So Tom, you're up. 
All right, so I think I did uh, a similar one last week, but I do listen to a lot of like 90s pop rock while I'm at work. So the first song is I Want You, which is a deep cut from Third Eye Blind's self-titled album. The second one is In Repair by Our Lady Peace. Not a big fan of them. The third one is Stellar by Incubus. Raining in Baltimore by Counting Crows off of August and Everything After. Baltimore one, comes up again. One of my favorite albums of all time. Turns Turned 25 this year, actually. And Flagpole Sitta by Harvey Danger. Nice. Which right. is a banger. All right. Mine, I think, is going to just be more, maybe more, I don't know. Let's just give the people the what they want, you know? Holding someone's hair back, Circus Survive. One of my right. favorites from them. We Own the Night, Dance Gavin Dance. Uh, Instant Gratification came out uh, this month, uh, which is getting some really good reviews as well online. I haven't gotten the chance to sit down with it, but I've loved all four singles that they've put out. Aren't so they sure touring as well? Be. They played Starland Ballroom last night. And I saw videos, and I was mad that I didn't go. <laughs> I saw Deadpool 2 for the second time. Uh, smile from the story so far. This is uh, two shows in a row that I've had the story so far in mind. I don't care. That's on brand. Uh, can't be saved from Senses Fail. Banger. Classic. And uh, When I Get Home, You're So Dead from Mayday Parade. <laughs> Love it. I was listening to uh, Amber Lynn before. It came on yeah. my... Uh... It came on my Spotify daily yeah. mix. One. I had little tyrants in a mix before, and I think they just refreshed all mine in the time that this conversation has taken <laughs> place. So I was kind of thrown for a loop, but uh, but that's typically what my daily mixes do to me anyway. Yeah, I I have to say, Spotify, we are open to you sponsoring the Spotify pod. Spotify listens yeah. too. <laughs> please please sponsor the pod. Please list our pod. We will sell. Well. Yeah. We will sell out. We are giving you business. Um. So yeah, that's is that. Do we have enough? Do we have anything else? I'm, do we have I'm, time? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, uh, we will see everybody in two weeks. Uh, We've got something special planned uh, for the next episode. Uh, Middle of the year. Good time to reflect. Uh, So you'll be getting kind of some of our opinions on some things that maybe we haven't touched on yet this week. And if there's anything uh, that you guys want to make sure that we listen to before we talk about mid-year lists, um, you can reach us at our Twitter which is at listen tgs I yeah slide at, in the dms <laughs> yeah at listen tgs you can tell us if you want to fight us too oh you can add us. definitely tell us if you want to fight us yeah. um maybe i'll put out a poll this week and who, who you want to fight more definitely probably <laughs> me <laughs> i've talked I've, I've thrown some slander on this show <laughs> yeah after the fallout boy episode i think it, it would have been it would have definitely been. i said that like one of the most crowd beloved wonder year song stunk <laughs> yeah. at the end of our first episode so that was a great hot take of the week though i mean that was a good did, one. oh do you have any hot takes for this week um oh man i i i was cooking one up and i just it just slipped my mind okay um, do you have a hot take for this week um no i don't because like it's not i wouldn't last be, week it, was jack johnson's songs all yeah that was his it's not even like really that but, hot of a take uh, my my hot take for the week i really don't even have one it's a shame because i wish i could think of one but if i if i do think of one i'm gonna edit it in myself okay we're gonna come back to you guys next week too and we'll add to our recommendations and our daily mixes a hot take of the week from each of us yes, yes. absolutely um, so that way we can start I more fights my, online I'm mad. but yeah getting people online, mad online uh, is my pastime yes tom you're at tom underscore more underscore 15 it's it's at thomas more underscore five on okay. twitter maddie you're at at Madison underscore NJ. And I'm at Why So Serious. Again, the show is at Listen TGS. We are listening to any uh, any any and all feedback. Yes. You might be wrong, but we will still listen <laughs> to you regardless. Uh, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Mid-year 2018, where is time going? I don't know, but yeah. I'm scared. Time's an enigma. It's not real. It's a flat Hot circle. Hot take of the week. Time's <laughs> a flat circle. And with that, we'll talk to you guys Bye. in two weeks. Enjoy.